Hello and welcome to the Boxing Hour with me, Martin Dolan. If you're watching the show, please do give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. If you're listening via podcast, please do rate and review. It is a shortened show this week. We did have issues with our third guest, but nevertheless, I'm joined by Dave Caldwell, renowned trainer and analyst. We discussed Anthony Joshua's upcoming defense of his world titles against Kubrat Pulev. He talks about what he'd like to see from the world champion. And then we look ahead to what we hope will happen next year. Anthony Joshua against Tyson Fury. Dave makes his prediction for that one, but there is a caveat. And finally, we look ahead to Floyd Mayweather against Logan Paul. Not what might happen, but whether the fight, if you can call it that, is good or bad for boxing. And then I speak to Ashley Theophane, who brings a curtain down on his career this week, win or lose against Sam Eggington. First fight for Ashley in the UK since 2012. He's been on something of a world tour recently, and we talk about that amongst other things. So please do enjoy the show. Dave, thank you for joining me. This is, of course, Anthony Joshua Fight Week takes on Kubrat Pulev on Saturday. I was having a think about where Pulev, Pulev ranks in sort of the opponents Joshua's face, and I'd have him probably quite a few down, to be honest, you know, maybe fifth or sixth. Where would you, where would you put him in terms of who Joshua's face and the sort of dangers he, he possesses for Joshua on Saturday night? The thing is that... Um... When you're looking at Anthony Joshua's opponent, he's actually got a very good resume. You know, you, you, you're looking at you know, people like Klitschko, you're looking at Joseph Parker, Dillian White. You know, if you go through the, the rankings of the division, he's fought quite a lot of the, uh, the good names there. Um, so it's always going to be a little bit difficult. But the thing is with, with Pulev, Pulev's been around for a long time. He's one of the steady heavyweights of the division. You know, he, he came through, he was, he was, he was built up. Um, I think they thought they were going to get a lot of big things for him when they were building him up. And then he ran into Klitschko and got beat. Got soundly beat, but, you know, emphatically. Um, he's gone away, stacked up another another run of wins, slow burner, you know. And he's always stayed there or thereabouts. He's always been very respect, uh, respected. But um, he's not, I think because of his style, because he's not dynamic, because he's not explosive as such, I think he's kind of like the forgotten sleeper of the division. Um, so I wouldn't, in, in terms of problems that he can give AJ, I'm like you, I wouldn't put him right up there of uh, 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 the top of the, the guys that AJ's fought already. So yeah, he's, he's kind of like the, um, the, not the middle, he's, it, that's a little bit disrespectful to say he's, he's around the middle, but like you say, maybe fourth or fifth sort of down the pecking order. I think, I think Eddie Hearn sort of alluded to it being a similar level of fight to Andy Ruiz Jr. But as you say, the styles are so different. And we know now that that style, for Andy Ruiz's style, gave Joshua so many problems in their first fight. Yeah, and I think, I think the, the thing is with Andy, Andy Ruiz, although he perhaps wasn't um, proven in the division, um, apart from really you know, a lower, lower level of opposition it was facing, um, he was a more explosive fighter. Um, he had that short, bobbing sort of style. A lot of tall fighters don't like fighting the guys that are shorter because if their shots go over the top and in exchanges, they can get beat to, the, beat to their punches, which is what happened in, in the uh, first Ruiz fight. Whereas Kubrat Pulev, he is uh, he's about six foot four and a half, six foot four. He's a, he's a big lump. 
Um, not quite as tall as, as Joshua, not quite as long as Joshua, but he is a bigger target and he leaves a bigger target there. He isn't, you know, he's not uh, fast moving. He doesn't have fast explosive movements. Everything's kind of like methodical. Methodical. Um, he's got a fantastic jab, um, but everything's kind of, you can read it. You can read what he's doing. Um, so I think stylistically, Andy Ruiz, although at that point, People weren't, you know, they, were, they weren't talking as, a, as much of a danger. Style-wise, style he was more of a danger. Oh, I know we can always say that after the event, but those of us that watched Andy Ruiz coming, you know, coming through and, and seeing how he puts his hands together very, very fast, we could say, right, okay, well, if he gets in that, in that situation where it's a trade-off, he does put his hands together fast and he can, he can punch. So there was always that element of danger, but you just thought, you know, he's, he's not on that level. And then obviously the, the shock happened and there you go. But with Pulev, it's much more predictable and it's much easier for, for Joshua to deal with, in, in my opinion. As a trainer, how impressed have you been with, with Anthony's progression over the years and, and maybe more so in the last, what we on, 18 months since hmm. that Ruiz defeat? I, do you know what? I, I think it all boils down to his attitude. I think he's got an undeniably fantastic attitude that, that you need to be an elite level fighter or elite, le uh, elite level athlete in, in whatever sport. Because when you get to that level, the money comes, the fame comes, the endorsement comes, the, the media obligations come. And it's quite easy to kind of like sit back, rest on your laurels and think, you know, I, I keep winning, I'm, 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 I'm right at the top. What do I want to keep improving for? What? But AJ has always been the kind of guy that always wants to improve. And you've seen the best way to react to a defeat. You know, we always talk about as coaches that if you learn from your loss, the loss isn't the end of the world because you're learning from it. You take things away from it. Why did I lose? What did I do wrong? What could I have improved? You know, sometimes you didn't do anything wrong. It's just that you was the, uh, the best that you could be because you've been trained a certain way for so long. You've not added other element, elements to it. So with Anthony Joshua, he got beat and he took things away from it. And it came in the rematch completely different. We've always talked about how robotic, mechanical he is. You know, it's, it's very upright, very stiff and very predictable. And then the rematch, you saw how he boxed. You know, now going forward, that's like, what's that, a year ago? So that was his first time implementing that style everything that worked in camp for that fight to go and do it under duress under the pressure that it was under that takes an incredible amount of willpower mentality and focus now he's he's comfortable with that i'm interested to see how they've adapted that to be able to mix in a little bit of the fighting with the boxing so it's not just either he's right he's, he's gonna fight or he's just gonna box on the back foot being able to mix it up and becoming where an opponent doesn't know when he's going to do which. Um, and, and so he blends the two styles together. Because let's not forget, he's, he's an incredibly exciting heavyweight because he puts his punches together really, really fast, really well, with a lot of power. Um, but in the Ruiz fight, he stuck to a game plan of just boxing. I think in this fight, you're going to see a blend. I think we're going to, we're going to see the light feet and the, the, the mobility, but that's going to create the angles and going to create the opportunities him to land these power shots. Do you think there's any pressure on him to, I mean, there's always pressure, but to, to put on a real show? I mean, so much, so much of this narrative this week is about what happens next. And I'll touch on yeah. that in a bit. But 
But is it just a case, for me, I just wanted to get the job done because I know what could be next and I'm really hoping that that's what's next. But is it, does he have to really impress, whether it's for himself, whether it's for other people, you know, and really do a job on Prelev? Um, yes, in, in, in a short answer, yes, there is a lot of pressure on him to impress because he's Anthony Joshua. So every time that he goes into that ring, it's kind of like he has to impress. I mean, there were people that after the Ruiz rematch were saying, were slating him, saying he was boring, he ran away, he did this. And that's boxing. And that is boxing. You, 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 uh, I think perhaps because it's not what we're accustomed with with AJ, that people are like, oh, well, that's not, you know, that's not what we buy a ticket for. That's not what we, we tune in for. We want to see the, the firepower and, and the exchanges. But that's what got him beat in that first match. So he had to change something. If he'd have just gone in there and just done the exact same thing, then he's not learned. So he's got that one out of the way. But does he need to... Imp- he needs to make a bit of a statement. He doesn't have to go out there guns are blazing and, and being like a lunatic. But he has to have an emphatic win. And I, I think that he has to kind of... Um, he has to stop him. But having said that, you know, Pulev is a good fighter. He is a good fighter. You know, but I do think at the stage of his career, and I do think that uh, that with what you're saying, you know, what everybody's talking about, what what happens next, I do think he'll want to put on a statement, and he will want to to go out there and and, and look good, again, perhaps show a little bit of what they've been working on, and then punctuating it with with uh, you know a, a, a knockout or at the very least a, a good stoppage. Of course, what please hopefully next is Tyson Fury. There's always been a next. For- Anthony Joshua for such a long time it was yeah. Deontay Wilder and that hasn't happened but it feels like this is as close as we've been so if, I mean we don't know if it's going to be for all the belts but to be honest for me it doesn't matter as long as they fight we don't care do we now yeah so this feels like the closest we'll come to being able to decide who is definitely the best heavyweight in the world yeah it's, it, it sounds like it's getting very very close I mean um, if we're to believe what's what's being said then some sort of preliminary agreements being made um, uh, you know they've just got literally got to you know um, work out a few of the finer points I believe but but the bulk like the splits and things like that which are always a big stumbling block I think they've all been agreed um, so it's exciting listen we want to see the best versus the best especially in the heavyweight division but especially when the two best are Brits, you know, and that's, that's, it, it makes sense. And that's a, that's a monstrous fight. It really is. It'll be, you know, the buildup's going to be unbelievable. Um, everything about that fight is going to be incredible. And on fight night, it's the question that everybody wants answered. They want to see who's the best. Is it AJ? Is it Tyson Fury? Now, assuming Joshua does come through on Saturday night, and I'm sure you've been asked this loads and will be asked this loads, but who, who would you back? Uh, if he was to fight Fury next year, um, ask, listen, ask me after Saturday night because I want to see, I want to see more improvements from from Joshua, and what they've been doing. I've I've seen little glimpses of what of what they've been doing on the pads, and I like what I've seen. How he's how he's varied his his uh, his punches. Um, so I wanna I wanna see because I was very very impressed with him against Andy Ruiz in the in the rematch for the simple reason that. Learn a completely new way of fighting. He's added to his game, so this shows that he's still improving as a fighter. You know, stylistically improving as a fighter, adding adding techniques as a fighter and dimensions to himself as a fighter. 
So that makes him less predictable. Now, once you become comfortable with something new, then it's evolving it and then adding other things. And like I said to you, blending you know, the, the, the fighting with the boxing into, into a smooth transition and seamlessly so it's harder to, to read, harder to, to predict and harder to counter. Um, but then Tyson Fury then showed us another dimension of him in the rematch with Wilder where he went forward and looked an absolute beast going forward. So it's very, very difficult to, you know, to, because the, this, what I'm saying is this is showing you that they're both still improving. You know, if, if Fury had just gone in there like, like I expected, like it with the first fight with Deontay Wilder, with a little bit of more authority though, but just box, 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 was tall, long, awkward, rangy, picking him off and just boxed his way, whether he stopped him or not, just boxed his way through the fight, then it's kind of what you expect from Fury. But he didn't. He flipped it the whole way around, got on the front foot and went out Kronk style and bashed him up, which... We, and, and, and did it in a fashion where I know in, in his early days, you know, he's, he's gone and, and gone to get rid of people and, you know, when he was coming through, but he kind of liked, un, it looked ungainly and it was just about his physicality and, and leaning on him and bullying him a little bit with his sheer size that, that got rid of those guys. Against Wilder, style-wise, everything was beautiful. It was really, technically, it was such a good job. So he's added that to his game. So that make for me that makes it just it's teed up. I want to see what what Joshua has added to his game for this pool left fight. Ask me after the pool left fight, and then I'll make a decision. I will do. One thing I'll maybe try and get out of you then. How would how would you advise Tyson Fury if you were training him to approach a Joshua fight based on what Joshua has done so far? Okay, so if all right, so if you're gonna this is a right. This is where I'm at right now. If you are going to say that neither of them changes now. So what, what you see on Saturday night is AJ prior to, uh, uh, you know, whether, whether he was a fighter or whether he was a boxer in the Ruiz rematch, that is AJ end product. If we're talking about Fury, the rematch with Wilder and everything prior to that, that is a finished product. I'm going with Tyson Fury because Fury showed there that um, even against a tall man in, in Wilder, he can box in the back foot or he can box going forward, a dangerous puncher. He can take that away from him or he can bash him up. With Joshua, he boxed fantastic against Ruiz, but against Ruiz, he had massive height and reach advantages, which helps you to box in that way and, and still be safe, still be comfortable. The fact that Tyson showed me going forward how good technically he was, with him being the taller man against Joshua, that's why I still need to see some, some more improvements in, in, in AJ because right now, as they are now, I would say that Joshua's got to get it into a firefight because he puts his hands together very, very well. He's a great combination puncher and he, and he delivers power in his punches. But he has to get into them positions. From what I've seen so far, Fury can take that away from you when you're trying to walk him down. He, with his reach, his range, his skills, it can take that away from you defensively. And what I've seen so far, going forward, Joshua's quite predictable. And, you know, the, the Joshua that I've seen so far going forward, I think KJ deal with. And I'm not sure that the Joshua I've seen on the back foot against a short guy in, in Andy Ruiz 
would outbox the fury that I saw going forward against Wilder. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so I need to, this is what I'm saying is if it's right now and they've both not improved from the last fights and they stay as the last fights, I would say few is the favourite. That's why I want to see if they've improved. I want to see if, if AJ, what AJ has been working on to improve the fight. Because I know he's been working on to improve. So I want, I'm excited to see what he's added to his game because that's what makes this fight so much better. We can talk about how they are, what we've seen of them so far, but that's not the complete package. And say they fight, I don't know, let's say they fight in April, May time. Say if these two are going to fight. Between now and April, May time, might be even later, might be summer. They're going to be working to improve even more. And with Joshua, I know he's, he's improving at a rapid rate. So I'm excited to see where, you know, but come fight night, just how much more complete these two guys are. And one thing's for sure, we have these discussions for weeks and months ahead. It's, it's, yeah. it's going to be a genuine, maybe yeah. not necessarily a 50 50, but very close and one that you, I don't think we'll get tired of, of, of talking about it and going yeah. back and forth and, and, and debating. One thing I did want to ask you about, you've been a boxing a long time. We saw this week that Floyd Mayweather is going to take part in an exhibition with Logan Paul. I think there are two sides. One side you can get really angry about it and think this is dreadful for boxing and it's giving boxing a bad yeah. name. Or you can just be like, you know what, it's, it's an exhibition, it's not real. But how do you feel about it as a proper boxing person? So, so if you, right, okay, so it's labelled an exhibition. So if we treat it as an exhibition, fair enough, fair enough. You know, it's an exhibition. So it's going to bring more eyes to a boxing ring. People are going to be talking about it, blah, 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 great. But the problem is, is people don't talk about it as an exhibition. People talk about it as, can Logan Paul beat Floyd Mayweather? Is he going to knock, oh, it's too big for him. He's going to knock him out. He's going to do this. He's going to do that, right? And it's, so in, in straight away, in those conversations, these people that are, you know, YouTube fans of, of this guy and what have you, they're taking this seriously as if that their man's going to win the fight. And if, his, if their man wins that fight, then he's just conquered boxing because he's just beaten the greatest fighter of all, all time. No, number one, he's an old, you know, in boxing terms, he's an old man now. I felt he looked old in the Conor McGregor fight. You know, for the first time I've looked at Mayweather and, and it was quite, it was a bit softer than what he normally is. Still in great shape, but a bit softer than what he normally is. And his movements were, were, were less sharp and more, yeah, as, as what you would expect from a man that's been out of the ring for, for a while and getting older. So I expect him to be a little bit more deteriorated against Logan Paul. Now, the problem is, is if he land, even, you know, I, when Conor McGregor landed, what I think he landed an uppercut on Mayweather, and people were, oh, talking like it was a great, great thing that he'd landed on Mayweather. These people that don't see it as an exhibition or see it as for what it is, they take that seriously, and they're going to be thinking that, that, that this guy, this YouTube, sens YouTube sensation, can take over the world in boxing. Or, you know, it's not. It's an exhibition. You're talking about a guy that's not fought for a long time, who's nowhere near the peak of his powers, giving away a lot of size and a lot of, a lot of weight and, and physicality to a much, much younger man. So will, will, the guy, will Logan Paul land some shots on Mayweather? Yeah, probably so. I expect him. I don't expect Floyd Mayweather to come in there, the defensive genius, sharpshooting and, 
and not get touched all the way through. And if it is that kind of fight where Mayweather does get touched up a little bit, it doesn't mean that 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 this guy is now a, a legitimate fighter and a legitimate, you know, pound for pound boxer out there. And that's what's frustrating about me because I'm listening to how people are. If you had Man United, no, let's not let's not, Man United are very good right now. My new fan. Ah. Let let's just say if you had the the you know the world's best football team, Barcelona, Real Madrid playing Accrington Stanley, right, in a friendly, do people take that as oh that's real? That's 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 really, really serious. And this is you know, this is if if Accrington Stanley pull off this this one nil win in a friendly when the best team in the world has took out a couple of the stars and it's playing a good team, but just, just you know, not, not at full strength and they win 1-0. It's a friendly, pre-season friendly. Do people think that uh, that means that Akron Stanley are one of the best teams in the world? No. But this is how people that are, that are fans of these YouTubers actually see boxing. If their guy has a one glimpse of success, think he's, oh, that's it. That's, they can take over, you know, he can take over boxing. He can be that. I've seen it. I've seen it on social media. I'll be talking. And it's like, it's not to be taken seriously. It's a bit of fun if that's how you want to see it. There you go. For me, it's not so, it's like with the Tyson and Jones fight. If you've seen it as an exhibition, great. I didn't want to watch it. I didn't watch it. It doesn't interest me because I want to remember Tyson and Roy Jones for when they were Mike Tyson and Roy Jones. Not the middle-aged guys that are looking great on pads, keeping themselves in shape and fancy having a little bit of a spa. No, you know, and that's the same thing with Floyd Mayweather. I don't want this generation of YouTube fans to think that what they get with Mayweather on, on that February, whatever day it is, is Floyd Mayweather because it's not, you know, and that's the danger that we're getting. I suppose that's why it's even more important that facts like Joshua Fury, you know, the Spence Crawford it's more important that those fights are made so that at least boxing can say, hang on, you know, we are putting on the best fights. You don't have to just go and watch exhibitions. Yeah, 100%. But, but you know, everybody likes a freak show, you know, throughout history. People have always, if there's something a little bit different, a little bit off the cuff, people are interested, people are intrigued. And that's what people do. That's, what, that's how people are, you know. They're drawn to it. They're drawn to that little bit of, oh, that's, that's a bit different. What's, what's this? You know, um, it's just how things are, and and you know, some people like it, some people won't, and it's same thing in every walk of life. We're coming up to Christmas now. You'll see some houses have got nice lights outside the house, and you think, oh, that looks nice, and then you'll go past one house that's Larry got lights all over the place, and people actually show people, oh, have you seen this house here? And show people they'll want to go and have a look just to have a look at it, and because it's that terrible, they want to see it. Sometimes these exhibitions and these, these matchups attract that kind of crowd like that. Yeah, for sure. But hope, as I said, hopefully we're talking about other fights next year. Dave, thank you very yeah. much for your time. Appreciate that and all the best. Actually, thank you very much for joining me on what is your first fight week in Britain for over eight years. Why have you decided that now is the time to, to fight here, especially in the middle of a pandemic? Um, well, I, I think I'd, I left Mayweather Promotions um, like two years ago and I'm I was trying to get a fight then, and um, it just couldn't be agreed. So um, I went on my world tour, 
And then um, I got my fifth, my 50th professional win last year. And I was ready to retire. But the one thing that I wanted to do was fight back home because the sport had been doing such great things since I left. I just wanted to do it again. So hence, we're going to do it this like this week. So I'm, I'm glad about that. You mentioned your world tour. I think you had seven fights in seven different countries. What was the sort of inspiration behind that? Um, it was 10 fights in nine countries. Oh. Um, it was, um, so basically I left my web promotions because I wanted to fight back home. I couldn't fight back home. And um, I had always enjoyed like going around the world and having fights. So um, I basically just said, I'm going to finish my career having fun having little fights abroad, just going, because I like to go around the world. So it was like to kill two birds with one stone. So um, it was great. And the more that I went to different spots, like more promoters would ask me, oh, do you want to fight my show? Do you want to fight my show? So in the end, I had loads of op options where I could go. So um, it, it, for me, it was worthwhile, and I'm glad that I went through with it. And which country or which experience was the most enjoyable? Um, I would say the two that stand out are um, Dubai in UAE. Like, that was a great show. Badu Jack, he put it on. And then um, I had um, a fight in Ghana as well. Like, they just made me feel at home. And I thought it was, it was just fun being, being there. So those, so those two shows stand out. Any difficult experiences, anything that you, you didn't enjoy? Um, sometimes when you go abroad and they, you know, you don't understand like what they are saying and stuff. So it's kind of based on trust. And this is a sport where you can't really trust a lot. So, um, some, some places was a, a bit weird because you want, you had to show trust, but, um, they all went to plan in the end. But, um, there's some, you just, that's why there were some fights I didn't go through with because I just didn't trust the promoter so I was like now nah, I passed so um, I had to use my judge judgment and um yeah it was all right in the end. Now Friday night you're fighting Sam Eggington yeah. an intriguing fight certainly a, a yeah. clash of styles how did this fight in particular come about? Um so basically it was about a month 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 ago that the matchmaker he he dm'd me and he asked me if I would like to fight Sam I went to see what Sam had done. I saw that he was British champion, Commonwealth champion, European champion. Because I hadn't, I've only seen Sam fight once. And um, so I was like, he's achieved a lot and he's so young. I was like, that would be a good fight for me to go out on. And I was actually in the gym because um, Hearn had tried to get me in the ring with um, Ben. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to get in shape now because I know that a promoter's going to come again. So it kind of worked, worked out. So I got my weight, weight down. So when they called me, I was kind of prepared. And you mentioned it. I think you said this is going to be your last fight. How do you, are you just at the moment feeling like it's just a fight or are there mixed emotions given that it could, this is it for you? Um, so for me, like I'm tired. Like, you know, um, there, there, there's some guys who say, I, I actually shouldn't retire. You still got more left than you. But too often, us, we go on for too long and we get hurt and whatever. So for me, I just want to fight here because I want to, this is home. So I just want to fight home. And um, Sam's coming, coming to win. He said he wants to stop, stop me. Um, so at the end of the day, I've trained as hard as I could train. 
and um, hopefully it is enough for me to get the win. But as I've said, I said it to my coaches as well. I don't really care if I win or not, but I care how I perform because it's a whole different branch of fans because a lot of guys know what I've achieved and stuff. But guys who watch, it's going to be the first time that, that they see me there. So I want to go and perform well as best as I can. If that gets me the win, great. If it doesn't, that's life. But I just want to make sure that I go out in a good fight. And I think Sam is the guy because he's going to come at me swinging. So, you know, I've got I got a swing, swing, swing back. So I suppose the question is then, what if you don't perform as you want to and then yeah. come Monday you're thinking, oh, maybe I need to do one more? Um, no, because currently I want to open up my own gym. So I come from All Stars and All Stars has done so much great work for um, kids. And I kind of want to do that now. Like, that's how I feel. Like, that's my main aim now is um, to try to help the kids that are coming up and stuff. So my, my thing is to have this fight, what will be would be, and I want to all open up my, um, to have my own gym. So that's my aim now. And whatever happens, you've had a long career, a successful career. Yeah. How, would yeah. you, how would you summarize it? How would you sort of reflect on it? Um, I would say that I am a man that achieved his goals against the odds. You know what I mean? It, 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 many, many times it was hard for me to get breaks here, but I got the breaks abroad. So if it wasn't for me going abroad, I never would have achieved like so much. So um, for me, it was great to be with Floyd Mayweather as well for five years, to headline over, over, over there, to fight at the MGM Grand like three times to achieve 50 professional wins. So for me, um, yeah, I, I'm proud of me. So whatever the fans, if they like, like, like me or not, I don't really care because I've done this against the odds and I'm proud of what I've achieved because I know what I've had to go through to achieve everything I have, I have done. And presumably part of opening your gym is not just about the physical side, but you must have learned so much that you'd be able to pass on to that next generation. Yeah, like, it'll be fun. I've been around, like, so many great guys that have taught me so much. And it is very weird. At first, I was like, I, don't, I just want to have the gym that I don't want to train the kids. But over the last few months, I've started to work with kids. And I've actually been having fun. And it's just great to see them enjoy it and great to see them learn. So um, that is what I want to do now. So I've done what I've done in the sport. And it is pretty much a young man's game. I'm not young as now. So, um, you know, um, so hence I'm like, I just hope I got one more, like, performance, like, inside, inside me to go out good. And, um, yeah, then just go have my gym. That's what, that's what the aim is. I think I'm right in saying there'll be four empty seats at ringside yeah. on Friday mm. to represent four people killed every week through knife yeah. crime in the UK. Mm. Um, presumably... That's an important a topic for you. Yeah, you know, um, coming, I, I come from an environment that is, it was not the best, it is not the best. So um, for me, I kind of made it out of there and I, I, I achieved my dreams. But there's so many kids whose lives get cut short. So um, hence, that's why I want to have my own gym. And um, yeah, so hence, I think that our sport, it doesn't get enough praise because you just have to look at like guys like AJ he's gone on to do so much greatness in his life but he once went through some bad times as a young 
a young man or a young kid. So, um, I, you know, I think our sport should uh, get praised because it helps kids coming, coming from a bad place to change their lives and, you know, to fulfil their dreams. It's a difficult question, of course, and if there was an, an obvious answer to it, we wouldn't have yeah. such problems with knife crime. But aside from boxing, what do you think can be done to help people, perhaps like yourself, from, from those backgrounds? Um, sometimes, sometimes I think some people, I don't want to say some people are just bad, but I think that some, some kids can be helped and um, it's just kind of getting them if they like to play like in, in instruments. A lot of these kids, they come from poor environments. So I think we have to kind of invest in those areas so they have something to do. If you're a kid and you ain't got no cash, you ain't got anything to do, you're going to go out on the street and you're going to do some stuff you should not do. So I think the places that need the help, we should be putting more cash there. We should be having the youth clubs there because um, at, the, at the end of the day, we, we could live in a nice part of town, but those poor kids are going to come over to our town to try to break into our house. So it, we should care that they are on the other side and their lives are not the greatest. Do you see yourself maybe going into politics or something along those lines? <laughs> nah, that's not, that's not, not, not for me. Um, I've been asked that so many times. <laughs> I think, I think um, that you can do so much great work on the outside. So um, I would like to be like one of those guys, like life after this sport, I would like to just, um, be involved in a lot of stuff, um, just trying to help kids or whatever. So um, yeah, that's that's how I feel strongly about, about it. Because I once was one of uh, one of those kids, and I changed my life. So I know a lot of them can go on to do some great things and can inspire their own area as well. You mentioned that you didn't really get the chance over here sometimes, yeah. uh, and that's why you had to, to to go abroad. Do you think you'll get recognition? after you've retired? Do you think that's what it needs until, or, or do you not even care about recognition? Um, uh, well, one, I don't care, but I think I do get it now. Like, you know, a lot of the, I get it amongst, amongst my peers, because my peers know how hard it is. So for me to have done what I've done, like, um, you know, it, it, it's great. So uh, maybe, I think some fans get it and some fans don't, but to me, to be respected by my peers is what means a lot like to me, and I do have that respect, so it is what it is. But again, sometimes it's what you do after, to so say now I'm going to retire, is what I do afterwards is where I can make such a big change or big thing in my um, community. So, so that's kind of my aim. Now, I've done what I've done in my sport. I'm, pretty, I'm old for my sport, but I'm still young in life. So hence, I want to use what I've, I've, I've achieved and what I've lived and learned to help out the kids that are coming up behind me. Is there, is there one fight that you look back on that particularly stands out in your memory that you've had? Um, there's a few. There's one. There's one I'll never get over. It's when I fought for the world. Um, felt, cause I got hit low. And then I complained to the referee that I got hit low. And then the referee, he stopped, stopped the fight because he thought I was saying I want to quit. So I've never watched the fight back. But um, that kind of irks me because that was like my big shot, my, like my chance. And um, I didn't care that I lost, but it was how I lost. You know what I mean? So um, 
so so that one fight is one but one of the great things is me being British champion I was so proud of myself like that night because it took me so long to get there I, I didn't get much love in Britain so to be crowned like the British champion I was I, yeah I've always been proud to say that um yeah that I've been British champion so um yeah, 100%. Like the British one is one of the ones that stands out to me to say that I achieved that feat. And any regrets? Um, I think we can always have regret, but I think with everything, with all the downs that I may have had in my life or career, it's led me to something good. So when I lost the British, you could have said that my career was over then. But a year went down, a year went past, and then I was with Floyd. And then I was with Floyd for five years and then I had five great years there. So there's many times we go through downs, but I guess it's how we kind of bounce back that kind of matters. Very well said. Ashley, thank you very much for your time. All the best on Friday and indeed in the future with, with whatever comes next. That's all we have for this week. Thank you for listening. As I said, if you're watching, please do give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. If you're listening, leave a rating and a review. I will be back next week, hopefully with a full complement of guests as we look ahead to Carl Smith's fight with Jennifer.